This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So um, I was perusing basketball reference for this day in basketball history and for December 9th, which is the day this episode was released. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that kind of happened, but one thing really stuck out to me. It says Ralph Sampson of the Houston Rockets blocked 13 shots and a 115-112 win over the Chicago Bulls on this day in 1983. And it, um, my mind immediately goes to, you know, Ralph Sampson's one of those guys who should have been way better than what he was, you know? And I understand, like, his resume is pretty good when you look at the NBA. He's in the Hall of Fame. We'll talk about why he's in the Hall of Fame. Four-time All-Star, 84-85 All-NBA, Rookie of the Year in 83-84, uh, 83-84 All-Rookie Team as well, and 84-85 All-Star MVP. But you still, like, over his career, he averaged 15.4 points per game, eight rebound, 8.8 rebounds per game, 2.3 assists, and, you know... The numbers are fine. He was an all-star in his first four years. But the injury bug hit him, and um, it just never – it wasn't what he was promised, basically, from his college career. Because his college career is one of the more impressive things you will ever see. If you go over to college basketball reference, three-time NCAA All-Region, three-time AP Player of the Year, two-time Wooden Award winner, three-time Rupp Trophy, three-time All-ACC Player of the Year, Two-time All-ACC Tourney, 79-80 ACC Rookie of the Year, three-time All-ACC, 1980 NIT MVP, three-time Naismith Award winner, three-time Consensus All-American, and a high school parade All-American. So, with that, so with that being something that, you know, he should have been a lot better than what he was, I wanted to look into other players who were like that. Not necessarily all of them, because I wasn't able to really find that great of lists, but, you know, Found some, found a couple lists, and we're just going to talk about some guys who were really supposed to be great in the NBA, but just didn't end up making it all that great. So let's go ahead and jump into it. All right, so um, I found a couple things. Number one was I just wanted to look at an article saying the 50 greatest college basketball players of all time is from Bleacher Report. Back from July 5th of 2010. Wow, 2010. So, um, there's going to be some changes, obviously. Like, there's going to be players who are way better, you know. But I just wanted to get just a nice base so that we know where some of these guys can go. You have some good ones. Like, James Worthy's number 50. Really good in the NBA. Then you have some other guys you've never heard of, like Frank... Not Frank. Hank Lucetti of Stanford. He played in the 30s. Not really sure. Cliff Hagen did really good in the NBA. Uh, Wayman Tisdale was a guy who could have done better in the NBA. He's at number 47. Shaq at number 46. I mean, what do you want me to say? Shaq wasn't awful at all. Mark Aguirre, another interesting guy. Someone who you think, oh, maybe he could have been better. But, you know, for some of those things... You'll, you're fine with that. John Wood, number 44. Uh, NBA was not around. So, I mean, just not able to do that. Clyde Lovett was fine in the NBA. I think he was a better college player altogether. Bobby Hurley is a big one. Bobby Hurley, um, 
I don't want to say he rode the coattails of a bunch of people, but my God, if you look at his career, he had he, there's so many people around him are just better. His dad is like one of the better high school coaches we, that the game has ever seen in New Jersey, um, and just like you know, he played for his dad, and you know like he was pretty good in high school. I mean like getting coached by your dad who is probably just as famous or even more famous than you. Then he goes to Duke where, you know, he's getting coached by Coach K. So there's another coach that you can say that. And he's also playing with Christian Leitner, who we'll get into later in this episode. There's just so much with Bobby Hurley where it's like, why did we, did we really think he was going to be this good? Or was it just the people around him? Not saying that Bobby Hurley is a bad player at all. I mean, like, you can't just go start start at point guard for Duke just for having – just for your dad being one of the best coaches ever. You, like, you, you work on it. But, man, just, like, we saw that guy in the NBA, NBA and it's just like, I don't, what did we see in him? You know, so, like, he's the 42nd base, best of all time. Number 41, Steve Alford, uh, really good in high school over at Newcastle. Really good at Indiana. He's like one of their top scorers. And then, you know, the NBA happened. Um, Pacers didn't draft him. And I still think one of the more, (laughs) I don't want to say funny because it's like it's the people of Indiana who are talking about like, it's clearly all IU fans. They ask him after the 87 draft. Pacers draft Reggie Miller, right? Reggie Miller is the best player in Pacers history. We didn't know that at the time, but come on, like, so, like, there's this thing, it's this news story where it's all these people from Indiana, I think they're outside, like, an IGA or something. And all they're talking about is, man, I'm not going to watch the Pacers ever again. They should have drafted Steve Alford. Steve Alford, like, barely went in the first round of the draft. He got drafted by the Mavericks, and he did nothing. Then he goes to, like, Golden State and does nothing. There's just some of those guys. It's it's specifically, like, he's these point guards who like, man, you know, like they're running one of the best offenses ever, but there's the people around them is what you have to look at, you know? So Steve Alford's number 41, Chris Mullen at St. John's really good player. Bob Cousy, really good NBA player. Tom Gola. I think you did find the NBA. Yes. I mean, he's way better in college. Bob Pettit, LSU. He's the first MVP ever. What do you want me to say? Uh, Shane Battier, Duke, someone who was relegated to a role player spot pretty much throughout his whole career. I want to say, like, I don't think he was ever a number one option. But, like, when you hear Shane Battier, you think of Miami. That's just what you think of And when he was coming off the bench. Dan Issel at Kentucky, really good ABA and NBA player. But, you know, I don't know. Sidney Wicks out of UCLA. He was right around the same time as uh, Lou Alcindor. I think he was just after him. He was like, he bridged the gap between uh, Kareem and Walt and Bill Walton at UCLA. Was just not good. Just really wasn't. In the NBA, Bob Lanier, St. Bonaventure, he lived up to it. Cassie Russell at Michigan, what did he do? I think more people know Campy Russell, but not Cassie. Like Campy, I mean, like, I well, let's see. Cassie, I think he played for the Knicks around the 73th season when they won. 
if my computer could load. Go up here, put in the person's name, Kazzy. So Kazzy Russell, I mean, he played 11 years in NBA. One-time All-Star, 1970 champ with the Knicks. Um, so 115 points a game, four rebounds. So not terrible, but at the same time, like, I originally had a card – of training trading card of Cassie Russell. It was weird. It was this thing that upper deck did where they were doing like NBA or like the best college players of all time. It was the cards were fine. It was just like, they would take a picture, make it black and white and just put like a basketball outline on it. They didn't look the best, but those were like the only cards at the time that you could buy like in bulk and like be guaranteed to get like a college player card because that's what I like to collect. And um, I have several of Cassie Russell. And I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. So, yeah, for sure. Cassie Russell, one of those guys, eh, you know, you really want him. You're really thinking that he's, uh, like, he did good in the NBA? Like, no, not really. Keem Olajuwon, Houston. I mean, he's a Keem. Just good enough. Artist Gilmore did really good in the NBA and ABA. Larry Johnson did good. Rick Barry did good. Daryl Griffith was questionable on it. I mean, he was playing alongside, like, John Stockton there for a little bit. I mean, for the first part of his career, he wasn't. But, you know, he was playing alongside John Stockton. Danny Manning. That's another one. Danny Manning. I mean, so here's my thing. If you've listened before, at some points, I will say, like, this guy was on like the cover of Sports Illustrated. And to me, it's you're you're significant enough if you do make the cover of Sports Illustrated, especially multiple times. Ralph Sampson made Sports Illustrated a ton of times throughout his college career. Danny Manning made it a couple times. It just shows like for a point in time, you were the number one story in sports because Sports Illustrated doesn't have a basketball cover every week, or at least now it's every other month. But um, you're the main story. Like, Danny Manning was the main story in sports for two times throughout his career at, at Kansas. Didn't end up so well. Len Bias, we'll just never know. Do we do a lot of people think it would have been better? Yeah, but you know, it's all speculation. George Bikin. Duh, he was one of the best players ever. I mean, he's like the first star in the NBA. Bob Curland was like one of the first stars of college basketball, or like John Wooden. But there was no AB, no NBA, so we don't know. David Robinson, he did fine. I said it when Dave Robinson. Dave Robinson's really good. Austin Carr. Um, this is tough because you know he's a Notre Dame guy. Um, a prolific scorer, and who I believe still holds the record for most points in an NCAA tournament game at like fifty six or something like that. It's it's a ridiculous number for the NCAA tournament. Well, you know, he's in Cleveland. He's fine. But just you want him to be way better. He dropped 50 points in an NCAA tournament game. 
Calvin Murphy in Niagara, he was pretty good. I don't want to say he was great. I didn't know he was one of the best college players ever. I knew I know Calvin Murphy for from the from the NBA being on the Rockets and also being on the San Diego Rockets. Um but yeah, I just he's also like a TV personality. Like he's been around. I've seen him around before. Christian Leitner's the big one. Um I for me, Ralph Sampson's the first one I think of when this category comes up. Like, who's the best player who didn't do all that well? Uh, Christian Leitner's just another one of those guys to where you're like, there was so much promise. And, you know, he makes a dream team. And a lot of people will question that because it was kind of a toss. Well, I don't think it was a toss-up then, but a lot of people would argue, man, you know, you could have had Shaq on that team. It would have been really good. But I feel like the college player wasn't going to play no matter what. And uh, it just would have been better for the dream team if people were like, oh, and their college reserve was Shaq just in case they needed him. But um, Leitner's just one. He's, the, he's that. So the documentary on Christian Leitner that uh, 30 for 30 did was really, really well done. Shows that like um, – what a true, truly great college basketball player went through um, throughout his career. But, man, it's just like you still love to hate him. And he goes to the NBA. He does decent. I mean, he's not – it's not remarkable at all. Like, I think he was maybe a one-time all-star We go Christian Leitner played 12 years. One-time All-Star, 92-93, all-rookie. He got caught up in some uh, drug issues. Nothing like, not like hard drugs or anything, but like, I mean, it was, a he was, that's just what he was gone for. He had to be kicked out of the league a couple, not kicked out, like suspended a couple times for drug issues. And uh, just wasn't able to land anywhere. Uh, Tim Duncan, really, like, Considered the best power forward of all time, even though... Did he really play power forward? I don't know. He played power forward for, like, the best year of his career, so I guess you can call him that. Ralph Sampson, number 17. I mean, that's crazy. A three-time player of the year at number 17. Elgin Baylor, Idaho and Seattle. Never knew that he went to Idaho, but rest in peace to him. Patrick Ewing at Georgetown. Now, if you want to talk about Sports Illustrated covers, Patrick Ewing... My goodness, was ridiculous when it came to all of those at Georgetown. Ellen Hayes, a really good uh, rookie year. I mean, he was he was decent the rest of his career, but a really good rookie year. He led the league in scoring as a rookie, just unheard of. Jerry Lucas is him at Ohio State was I. Based on Sports Illustrated art, like covers and articles, was basically, I don't know, like God walking on campus at Ohio State. Like he was all over the place. Michael Jordan, North Carolina. I mean, greatest player ever. Magic Johnson, number 11. Larry Bird at 10. David Thompson would have been really good if he wouldn't, if he would stop with the drugs. Like the drugs is such a some of these guys, it's a big part of why they weren't that great. 
Bill Bradley at Princeton, relegated to a role player type of, relegated to a role player, you know, when he gets to the Knicks. I mean, because he's playing with Jerry Lucas, Dave DeBusher, uh, Willis Reed, Walt Frazier, Earl Monroe. He's like a lot of these guys, actually three of these guys have been on those Knicks teams. Jerry West of West Virginia, great player. Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Bill Walton. You can argue wasn't that great of a player, but he made the NBA 50 and 75 team. So I don't know. I know people love to argue that, though, that like Bill Bill Walton did like one good thing. Well, I mean, he won MVP, and then he led Portland to a championship. Oscar Robertson, number three. Pete Maravich, you could argue didn't have as good of a career in the NBA as college, but he's like, again, he's the number two best college player of all time. He still leads NCAA in scoring. So, I mean, it's tough. I mean, he was still great. He played 10 years and then just left. And number one, obviously, is Kareem. So with those, it's a pretty good ratio of like players who did well, well in the NBA and compared to those who didn't. And then um, I found a USA Today article saying what happened seven college basketball stars didn't make it in the NBA by Layla Bromberg from June 19th of 2019. And she immediately hits on one that I just completely forgot about. Tyler Hansborough. Um, I think I've talked about this before. When the Pacers drafted Tyler Hansborough, I was so excited because he was all anyone would talk about when it came to college. Like, I mean, he was just one of the best players there. And, like, I mean, like, and I know for sure I talked about this. I think it was a couple weeks ago with the, um, uh, high school recruiting rankings. If someone was the picture, I definitely talk. If someone was the picture of your school in a magazine, they were the guy. Tyler Hansborough was every picture every year, other than freshman year, because I mean that's rare enough when you can do it in your freshman year. But Tyler Hansborough was the guy, the only guy, the only person you would ever think of when it came to North Carolina even though they were winning championships and had some really, really good players on those teams. Um, yeah, so when the Pacers took him, I was excited. And looking back at that draft, I mean, he went 13 to the Pacers. Next up was Earl Clark, who I also thought was going to be pretty good. <laughs> it, it, again, at this point, I'm 2009. I am eight years old. All I think about is, like, yeah, he was, the, he was the picture for the team. <laughs> That was all I had on it. Um, Earl Clark went, then Austin Dye went, not great. James Johnson, no. Drew Holiday would have liked to have him. Ty Lawson, that's another guy you could say should have been better. Well, I don't, I don't know if he should have been better than what he was, but you know he was pretty good for a little bit. He played for the Pacers. Jeff Teague also played for the Pacers, Indiana guy. Eric Maynard, Darren Collison also played for the Pacers, um, retired early. Then Victor Claver, Omri Caspi, BJ Mullins, or Byron Mullins, Rodri Boubois, 
someone who the Spurs offered like Tony Parker to the Mavs for Roger Boubois and the Mavs said no. It was like when it was like a year or so after they drafted Boubois. So like Tony Parker was still really good. And then he got Taj Gibson, Damari Carroll, Wayne Ellington, Tony Douglas, and Christian and Yenga for the rest of that first round. So, I mean, like, was he probably the best pick at that point? No, I still would like to have Drew Holiday. But, um, yeah, I was really excited when we got Tyler Hansbro just because, yep, he was, he was that guy. Uh, Adam Morrison was an R1 who, did we, I know that, like, at the time everyone thought he was going to be good, but, like, did we really think, I know he's being compared to Larry Bird. Larry Bird also went to a smaller school and took his team pretty far in the tournament. I mean, Adam Morrison, I think he made it to the Elite Eight with Gonzaga. Like, Larry Bird made it all the way to a national title game and lost to Magic Johnson, where, um, Gonzaga lost the Elite Eight to UCLA, and UCLA was a great team at that point. Do not, like, don't get my words twisted at all. Um, but yeah, he just wasn't great in the NBA, no other way around. Scotty Reynolds, this was an interesting pick. I haven't thought about Scotty Reynolds in a while. Um, yeah, it says here Reynolds led the Wildcats to the Final Four as a junior and averaged 18.2 and 3.3 assists in his senior season. So um, he went undrafted. So, And here's where it comes back to these point guards, like they're super efficient. They're really good. They can do anything. They're great distributors of the ball. They don't make it into the NBA, though. And it kind of, kind of makes you question the whole position of a point guard because, like, this guy is the best point guard at this level and at, like, the second or third best level in the world. And he's just not going to do good in the NBA. It's guys like Kyrie Irving, the ones who barely played in college. I mean, he was injured. But, like, everyone saw the skill set. We knew that, like, he would be pretty good in the NBA. Um, Guys like Scotty Reynolds, they did not make it. There was a... Curtis Gerald is a Baylor. He was a really good point guard. And I don't think anyone really looked at him. Um, so many Big 12 point guards are like that. Um, like, I can think of a couple guys from Oklahoma State who were supposed to be way better than what they were. Uh, Texas Tech had some really good point guards. Just, um, yeah, and A.J. Abrams of Texas. He was supposed to be really good, but he just wasn't. He didn't even get, sniff the NBA. So there's just like all these point guards. You wonder what's the deal and how come none of them are able to make it. And I, my, my genuine thing is I don't know because like they can do anything. Johnny Flynn was a great example. Didn't do anything in the NBA, but you know, he was a really good point guard at Syracuse. I I don't understand it. I, it has to be the skill set, just certain things that people see. And I'm not, I guess I'm not that good of a scout because like people to explain to someone like John Wall is just an elite athlete. I understand that one. Kyrie Irving has an insane handle. I understand that. Chris Paul is just a solid point guard all around. I understand. 
Um, Darren Williams, for a while, like, he was talked about being with Chris Paul as, like, the best point guard in the league. I just don't know. Steve Nash had the immaculate vision. I get it. But when someone is solid in every category, it seems that they're not as wanted, you know? And I don't understand that at all. Um, Bo Kimball was someone. Um, yeah, yeah, it was... This one's tough because the only... I think the only reason people know Bill Kim, Bo Kimball now is because of the whole Hank Gathers situation... You know, he dies on the, like, on the court. He passes out and then dies. Um, and then in the NCAA tournament, Bo Kimball hits a free throw, free throw left-handed for Hank, even though Bo was right-handed on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Again, we'll talk about that over and over again. Um, yeah, but I just don't – I was Bo Kimball that great? I don't know. He played at Loyola Marymount. I understand that as coach – was Del Harris, no, Paul Westhead. Paul Westhead was his coach. But uh, I don't know. I didn't think he was going to be that great based on what I've learned, what I've heard from people, but I guess that he was supposed to be better than what he was. Jimmer Fredette is the ultimate um, one. I think the one for like this, I don't want to say generation of people, but... um, the most recent one to where Jimmer Mania was legit just everywhere. No matter what, like people would talk about, like if I'm watching a Purdue game on the Big Ten Network, I'm pretty sure I heard about Jimmer Fredette against against just someone. Like San Diego State, he had a really big shot against them. So it's just all over the place. Then he goes number 10, doesn't do anything. Number 11 is Clay Thompson. So do with that what you will. Ed O'Bannon at UCLA. Uh, he's only he's known now for just being the guy who sued EA Sports because they use his name, image, and likeness and really getting that whole ball rolling for NIL. Yeah, that's all I know him for. And, like, you know, Charles is pretty good. Or not, I don't know. For Ed, it's... Next up is Luke Jackson. Man. And uh, there's another guy. I think Josh Christopher of Stanford was another one. That was around this time to where he was supposed to be really good and wasn't. Um, yeah, she had Luke Jackson on here. And that was it for that list. An interesting list, but... um. Just still ones that I'm like, man, what else, what else is there? Like, who else is out there? So I went back to something I still defend to this day that, like, if a player wins National Player of the Year, like Naismith Player of the Year, AP, John Wooden Award, whatever, it doesn't mean they're going to be good in the NBA. It just doesn't. So, like... I know these are early. Luca Garza is supposed to be way better than what he is now. Uh, Obi Toppin is supposed to be pretty good. He's on the up, though. 
Let's see who else. Uh, Jalen Brunson's starting to make his name for himself. Frank Mason III is number one that I always go to because there's no way he should have won over Caleb Swanigan. Still say that. RIP Biggie. And but uh, neither of them made in the NBA. But man, like, I if that's the case, then whatever. Who don't pick either one of them? I guess. But Frank Mason never did any of that. Gr- did, never did that great. Denzel Valentine got picked for a couple awards. He was a great summer league player, but my God, I hear that all the time now, and I still don't get it. What does it matter if you're good in the summer league? You're, it's still like you're playing in college. Yeah, you're a good summer league player. You were good in college. You're going to be good in the summer league. What do you do? Let's play against real NBA veterans. Buddy Heald has been fine. Frank Kaminsky. That was just one to where everyone was, I don't know. They're just, he was good. Not what, he, not what he should have been. Doug McDermott. A really good example. Doug, Dougie McBuckets, not good. Trey Burke, no, he's he's had like some really good games in the NBA, but no. Victor Oladipo was good for a while. Now he's just all right. Amy Davis and Draymond Green, fine. Jeremy Fredette talked about it. Evan Turner. When he went second to John Wall and no one complained about it. Like, no one was like, oh, I think Evan Turner should win first. He was player of the year. No, like, he just, he was fine. He really was. But then he gets to the NBA. Nope, not going to work out. Blake Griffin has done fine. We already talked about Tyler Hansborough. KD, one of the best players of all time. You can argue J.J. Redick should have been better than what he was, but it's, it's the whole Duke thing. It's Christian Leitner. It's JJ. It's Grayson Allen. These guys who are the face of Duke, like Zionism is like the best one. And he's like kind of starting to creep back now. Like he's the best one. But it's just those guys to where you're like, man, I thought he was going to be way better than that. Andrew Bogut did fine. <laughs> Right at the end, they have D Brown for 0405. He was supposed to be way better than what he was, but Darren Williams and Luther had ended up being better than him. Jameer Nelson. My God. I mean, I get it. He was a starting point guard for a team that went to the NBA Finals in the Magic. But he took the world by storm. Like, it was all over the place. And then just no. T.J. Ford is another one that people thought would have been way better. Jace Williams, another point guard. Like, all these point guards. Uh, Shane Battier was almost a consensus. Kenyon Martin, who went number one overall. uh, You can put him up there as one of the, I don't want to say worst, but most mediocre number one players. Anton Jameson. I mean, he did fine, but just, you win player year, you're expected to do more. Tim Duncan, good, really good. Marcus Camby, we'll talk about that. I mean, he's like number four pick in that year's draft. I mean, like, he was a really good defensive player, but uh, you were the face of a UMass team that was coached by Calipari. Yes, I don't know. Joe Smith, again, one of the more, one of the worst number one picks ever. Glenn Big Dog Robinson, I'm here to admit it. 
I get it. He was an all-star. He's an NBA champion, but one of the most mediocre number one overall picks ever. Calvert Chaney did not do good in the NBA. I will say that for sure. And then Christian Leitner, and then we'll go back to 1990. Then you got Larry Johnson and Shaq, who we talked about, and then Lionel Simmons was a player year in five categories, and then Dennis Scott took it for the final one in 1990. So, to recap, National Player Year doesn't mean all that much to the NBA. You still have to – there's just certain guys, like, the ones who, like, were successful in the NBA are, like, all-timers. AD. Uh, let's see here. Kate, Kate, <laughs> Kevin Durant. Just uh, Tim Duncan. Just the guys who, like, are the all-timers are the ones who – we're really good in the NBA. Um, so, yeah, I could, wasn't able to find all of them. I wasn't able to get a really good list. I've been busy with doing final projects, so I apologize for that. Maybe at some point down the road we will do an episode to where I will just look at players and be like, yes, should have been way better than what he was, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so that, I believe – will be it for this week and i believe that this will be the last episode of 2022 maybe we'll i don't know at this moment in time i'm not planning on recording at all for the rest of the year so i'm just gonna leave it at that so just want everyone to have uh happy holidays um just enjoy everything i know it says for thanksgiving but enjoy being with your family um, something that now that I'm like away at college, something I don't get to do a ton. So it's always great whenever I get to do it. And, um, yeah, just happy holidays, happy new year. And, um, yeah, let's just get ready for 2023. So be sure to follow me on Twitter at D And I'll talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.